Hello there, and welcome to the Workplace Communication Podcast, a podcast dedicated to leaders who want to elevate team performance by refining leadership communication skills. And now, let's dive right in with your host, Lindsay LaPaquette. Welcome back again, everyone, to another episode of the Workplace Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay LaPaquette. Today, we're talking to Peter Hopwood about building trust and engagement to stand out in a virtual world. A Londoner in Croatia for 20 years, Peter travels the globe, now virtually, supporting executives, leaders, and teams to build trust, create stronger engagement, and deliver clearer stories with powerful impact. Dubai to Amsterdam, Shanghai to Berlin, Peter's engaging coaching skills are in high demand, taking founders, CEOs, and TEDx speakers to the next level in their confidence, storytelling abilities, and presence on stage or in a virtual setting. He's also a global events MC and virtual host, and has built a portfolio of shaping some of the strongest tech events on the planet. He's managed significant stages at Mobile World Congress, Asia, USA, and Europe, GI Text. Did I pronounce that right? GI Text. Yeah, <laughs> Jitex, I should have asked you before, in Dubai, uh, TNW in Amsterdam, JEC Asia in Korea, and 500 plus across his career. Peter has proudly worked in 32 countries and lived in seven and is now based in Split, Croatia. So Peter, thanks for coming on here with me today. Thanks for inviting me. And um, I'm really looking forward to this to this conversation, to this chat about how to, to really get good at uh, con- a connection through the screen. Mm, yeah, it's one of the biggest challenges that I think people faced first off in the pandemic. And here we are almost 18 months in, and it continues to be one of the things that I hear most frequently from people. And yet that connection in person wasn't necessarily challenging. So what what's the difference? Why is it so hard? Yeah, no, it, it's uh, yeah, absolutely spot on. It's, it's one of those things that uh, when it all kicked off, that was one of the biggest challenges and it still continues to be because when we do something and we keep doing it. So we've been doing virtual exchanges, me, you and probably most of the people watching or listening to this. They've been doing this every single day, three, four, five, maybe even more times a day. So we've been doing it well. Well, we've been doing it a lot. So our kind of brain tells us that we're kind of good at it, but that's not the, that's not necessarily the case. What we see, all our signals, everything we share through this 2D screen is a signal. And we take those signals and we, we kind of munch them up in our brain and we come out with an outcome, right, of, of a judgment or a decision about somebody or about their content. And so far too often, we, we're not really aware of the signals that we're sharing and the signals that we are sharing, we're not too aware of what they kind of mean to people when they see us, when they hear us. So our voice, what people see through the screen, the movement that we do, our facial expressions, the sound of the, of, of the actual voice, the tone, all these things play a massive part in, in, in the perception of other people about you. And unfortunately, whether we like it or not, the, the people make these decisions and judgments, snap judgments all the time through what they see, through what they feel about us. And far too often, the judgment and the decisions they make about us are not always the, the ones that we want. Bang, we're on, we're on this screen together. We may have a small chit chat before we begin. 
but then literally we're straight in. So that that time to kind of use our judgment to make a perception of someone is a lot shorter. And so if it's shorter, we have less data and less time to perhaps make the right decision about somebody. Yeah, it does make sense. And and there's a couple of things that um, you got me thinking on there. One being that that I had not reflected on actually since the start of the pandemic, but when you're in a group with people, you have a chance to observe them before you even interact with them. And you may not be consciously or intentionally observing them, but you, I don't know, you see them getting coffee as they come in, you watch their body language. And again, uh, not necessarily consciously computing that, but your body's taking in that data. And then those judgments, I know on my part, they're not even always immediately in my brain, but my body will have sort of a visceral reaction at times, right? Because sometimes I have to check in and think, is that fair, right? If it's a negative sort of Mm. push you away reaction, where's that coming from? And this person hasn't even spoken to me and I'm having, you know, um, I'm having this reaction and, and, and is that a fair one? Um, and sometimes you're picking up on something that once you interact with the person, you sort of validates that feeling you've had and other times you realize not so much. So I guess let's talk first on, because there's the delivery side, right? Of you as the person speaking, and then there's the receiving side too. Um, maybe let's talk first about the delivery side. You're, I don't know, let's say you're you're in a management position and you're looking to engage your team better because one of the chronic complaints I hear is that it's really, really tough to even tell if people are engaged or if they're checking their email on the site, you know? So what do you do first off to really get that engagement to get people wanting to listen to you I guess yeah no it's, it's a it's a really important point and and it's something that is um it happens all the time where people are unengaged and they're not necessarily listening to you and they may be yeah, their body language and what you see what you see through the screen on the other side they're giving you signals that they're not listening or not engaged so so a, a lot of what I'm doing a lot of how I'm coaching doing this training is, is really trying to get people to understand that Number one, if you can do it yourself, the signals you share will help people feel more engaged, will help people feel connected to you. Looking at you right now, so some people can see this, most people can't because they're just listening on audio. What the signals you're giving me are making me feel something, right? So you slight smile on your face. I can see your eyes are looking at me. Um, I, I feel as if you're interested through the sound of your voice, slightly maybe um, leaning slightly forward, perhaps um, you're, you're, you're reacting well, you're reacting instinctively to the things that I'm sharing. So all these together are giving, giving me the signals that something um, is happening. As, as a speaker, as a trainer, as a facilitator, when you're in the room and you start to pick up on those signs of boredom, I find you have to work to not let that get in your head, right? And not sort of start to say to yourself, everyone's so bored, no one wants to be here, because then that impacts my ability to be present and engaging myself. And it sort of becomes this uh, cyclical dynamic of you're checking out, I'm checking out, we're all, we're all checking out and just muddling through because we want to go home type thing. How much of that is showing up in these dynamics virtually, right? Where, where you're saying something, you feel people aren't listening, and then that affects your ability to be present yourself. Is that part of it? It's a, it's a tough one. But the, the, the thing is, often, if we're not showing the signals, that doesn't always necessarily mean that they're completely tuned out, you know. That's true. It doesn't it doesn't always mean that they're not listening. 
or 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 it may mean that they're they're listening to you, but they're you know there's something of a higher priority at that moment they're thinking about. And often it's the same thing if you're in a group, you know, you're it's, it's in person, you're in front of a team of of, of people, of participants in front of front of you, and you can see one of them is sort of reaching down to his phone, maybe looking at an email or something. That's fine because that email might be something that they, you know, they they're waiting for an email from from the doctor to tell them about something that's really important, or you know, they they they've got they're waiting for a message from someone who's it may be parking, maybe they've, they've an SMS for parking and it, it popped up and they have to look at it. So it could be a whole bunch of things. When you've got everybody, when you've got the majority thinking that way, then clearly you're doing you're not doing something. You you could be t- doing something better. I think that's part of it, eh? But if it, if it's you know one or two, that's fine. So I know I've worked a lot with clients with um, various neurodevelopmental uh, disabilities, and um, for some of them getting up and walking helps them pay attention more, right? And so to interpret that as, gosh, I must be so boring, I think does sort of then feed into a dynamic of feeling insecure and then having a harder time. Then they're often not not signals that are, are signals of um, disengagement. <laughs> they might, you might think they are, but often, often they're not. Often we kind of, in our brains, when we see somebody doing this and or like I say have to look at their phone for something or maybe get up and, and they're, they're, you know they're fidgeting a little bit these are this is all okay yeah because that they might be fidgety people maybe think they think you said something brilliant and they're noting it down in their phone <laughs> and so when it comes to a 2d environment often we can't see the people that are in front of us especially in webinars where not everybody will be on camera not everybody's asked to come on camera a lot of people are used not to being on camera. And the more people that don't go on camera personally adds to this this whole environment of saying it's okay not to be on camera, but hey, then why don't we just have a phone call then? How do you work on improving that without getting in your head about it and without it becoming a sort of a cognitive load, right? Because I find that takes you out of the conversation too, right? Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. So there are many things to think about, right? So how we make people feel or how people feel about us through the different signals they're given through sometimes it's just what they see, just visually will make you feel something. Yeah, will make you feel something. So I just have to be aware of that. What I want to do through all of this is make you feel something because you'll remember more about how you felt. That to me is the piece that makes you stand out virtually when it's not just talking, I guess, right? Like you said, you can feel that emotional. Yeah. So you said you have to be able to feel things yourself to do that. So let's get into that a bit. How you feel about the story in your head about how well you're going to do this, right? The story in your head about how you think other people see you. The story in your head about the questions I will ask at the beginning, I would say, you know, so tell me when you when you go online, when you're doing a Zoom call, what do you think the other people see? How do they feel about you? And be honest with me. The idea is getting people to feel, you know, the things that they want to share, belief in what they, they're talking about. And then we, then we can work on all those kind of like real kind of hands on tasks about movement. So, for example, movement right now, when we're uh, on a screen, we have to kind of amplify, we have to make bigger certain things so one of those things is the voice so we have to intonate it's better to intonate more with the voice because you will sound better and people will remember those words better as well 
shape the phrases and certain words that I'm saying as well. I'm I'm looking into the camera as much as I can to give the impression for for Lindsay that I'm I'm looking at her. I am looking at her and I am listening to her. And I am respecting her and I'm focused on her. And I by looking in the cam into the camera, that's one of the signals that I that kind of prove that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Movement as well. The the, the movement of my body. I'm standing up. I feel more kind of ready in a way because many times at the beginning I like last year I would sit down and and I tell you what by the end of it I could feel you know my my kind of shoulders coming over and I was kind of ready to kind of just bang put my head on the table giving a little bit of movement I'm leaning forward slightly I'm nodding if you notice that quite a lot of the time I'm nodding that's a really simple signal to show that you agree and to show that you're listening and to show that you're focused so these signals that we're sharing through our eyes, we can do so much. So if I ask you a question or if I show, if I say to you, Lindsay, I'm, I'm you know, really curious to know more about more about the work that you're doing. I'd love to hear, love to hear what, 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 what you're doing. Tell me. And so when I say that, you can maybe see my eyes and the, I'm almost like slightly exaggerating my body when I ask you that question. I feel like a lot of it stems from, like you said, that feeling level, right? If if I'm trying to pretend I'm interested and I'm not, well, then what do I need to do? Do I need to slow down so I can focus? Here, so before you even click and, and, and get onto the call, think to yourself, okay, listen, I, I, what do I want from this? What's the outcome I want to give? I have to make sure that the other person on the other side feels like I'm interested in what they're right. doing, what they're saying. I'm curious about how they feel about things. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's this energy and this being present and really aiming to give them people, give people the signals of really listening, listening to them, really making them feel comfortable. How would you, if I ask you now, how would you make someone feel comfortable? What would you do? What kind of things would you say to them? Well, so my go-to is, um, I think, always first check in with myself, right? So for whatever reason, I'm always, I'm also feeling nervous or anxious about it, then for me, it's also always sort of settling myself first so that I can show up, I guess, more settled, right? And, and be able to be present with that person. And then the next thing really I would do is would be to work to establish rapport, right? So relaxed body language, a little bit of chit chat, but not just, you know, hey, how's the weather, but show some genuine interest in, I really do it just sort of fly by the seat of my pants in terms of whatever has come up, right? So I don't have a script in terms of what that would look like. I would say something genuine that's real and just start off a conversation, right? Until I sort of see the person's body language relax. And that would kind of be cue to me of, okay, we can start moving forward a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Love to hear your feedback. Yeah, so you get them, get them to feel comfortable, get them to feel that you're interested in them, get them to feel like, you respect them and you, you, you know, you're, you're not, you're not above them. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're equal. You're, you know, you're not this like, um, okay. Um, I'm the one who's, who's employing, we're looking for someone and we want to test whether you are right for us or not. It's not that at all. It's just getting them to feel, feel comfortable and feel the, the, the most natural they can be. And so in a way it's the same thing here. It's the same thing here. It's, Giving, get, letting people see that you want to make a connection. I watch this thing actually on, on uh, I offer, offer, there's this thing that pops up on YouTube quite a lot. Um, and it's these three, guy, two guys, and they're just talking about gossip about 
the world and it's it's quite popular in Canada. Anyway, I think it's CBS. Anyway, all these news channels, the big ones, the international ones, are, are often designed, what you see in the screen, again, to stimulate your brain. So often at the, at the bottom, you see that scroll, the scroll at the bottom with headlines. It's not just there for a headline. It's there to stimulate your brain and to and to to catch you when you're when the person in front of you for example the presenter is not getting your attention because you can't they can't grab your attention 100% of the time often at an event next time you're at an event or you you're watching an event maybe online or you're watching um, a recording of a, of a hybrid panel or whatever it is often behind Good, strong event organizers will know that the, 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 the kind of lead screen behind, if there's something slightly moving behind, that's there to stimulate your brain. You're, 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 now that I've said it to you, you'll, you'll look more, more on this, but there are so many, so many of those, and it's just designed, like the, the images behind are designed, are just slightly moving, just, just not erratic movements just slight movements and so we have to do that as well when we speak if i was to just stay still right now and put my hands down here look at, still looking at you at the camera you know with with my intonation it still would be okay and i would share my messages like this but as soon as i start to bring my, up my hands like this and just letting you see what they're doing i don't have to necessarily show you all of the hand just an indication you see like that so like just my thumbs coming up. You can see what my hands are doing. And as soon as I start to use gestures, it does something to my voice because my voice sounds better. My intonation is stronger when I use gestures. Well, the, the energy of the body changes. There we go, when I use gestures. Yeah, it's a strange yeah. thing. It's a very strange thing, but it but it works. And for those that are listening, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, I gestures, it's all good. And, and what you're saying, Peter, sounds all great. But I'm not so I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm not somebody who uses gestures a lot. But the, my advice to you is very simple. My advice to you is to do this. Bring up your hands, bring up your arms slightly and just make them feel very kind of uh, relaxed. So bring out, bring out your, your, your elbows either side and just just almost like you're holding a, 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 a two bunch, bunches of, of grapes or two bananas. And then as you speak, just, just relax them and, and start to use them and, and just think certain words and certain phrases that you want to intonate, that you want, to, you want people to remember. Just, just, you know, use it as a baton, use it as an illustrator, just move them around slightly. And, and the more you do this, the more you'll get better at it and the more you'll feel comfortable with using your hands. And certainly online, um, the more we show them, or we show an indication of what they're doing, the more this there's more of a connection. Yeah. But I've got I've just got a book here, the rules of thinking. It's it's the first book I've picked up. It's just on the left of my laptop, my PC, and I can sort of show it to you and bring it to this to this exchange. It's an object, and every object, and I put it up to the to the camera. You can see exactly what it is there. And every object has a story, doesn't it? Every single object has a story behind it, where it was bought, why you bought it, uh, why it's there, who owned it, um, what it, when you look at it, what does it make you feel, or when you, what, what the time of life you were in, maybe when you bought it, I don't know. But, but objects 
often have a have a story and so bringing these objects to this exchange again can just be something that that could be something that people will remember because it's not often done i'm just re reaching out, out here actually just like on the table next to me i've got this thing i've got this like <laughs> it's a it's a can you describe that for me lindsay for people who can't it's a ceramic that is painted with multicolored <laughs> flowers. Oh, and has wings, it looks like. It does have wings. Now, I wish I could say a lovely story behind this. There is no lovely story behind this. I bought this from a pound store in, in England, and, um, <laughs> and I've never used it. I've never put money in it, but it looks, it looks kind of quirky, and it's shiny, and it's a pig that flies, and it's on my tabletop. But I bought that here, and again... I, I don't know. This could stimulate something else. I could, we could, you could do this at the beginning of a of a of a team meeting and just ask everybody to bring together. And I've often done this. Bring, you know, grab a book, a book that means something to you, um, some or a book you've been reading recently. Bring. I'll give you thirty seconds. Get up, go get it, and come back to the, the exchange to the meeting. They come back. They've all got their own book. Some of those books, I'm sure, will be quite interesting. Some of those, maybe not so interesting. Maybe an author that. Somebody else has got the same book. Maybe a book that you're thinking, actually, I've, I've heard about that book. I'd love to read it. And so you can ask questions to each other. And it just gives a bit of, bit of ourselves into this, what is often a stale 2D flat environment. So the more colour we can bring, the more stimulation we can bring, the more kind of real life we can bring. These are the things that kind of hit emotions, aren't they? A lot of takeaways here. So, um, you know, the, the piece about brain stimulation, uh, it's, you know, it was making me reflect on how in a, in a meeting at an in-person event, there is background stimulation beyond the person's voice, right? Our brains need an optimal level of stimulation to be able to focus. And that, you know, can vary from person to person, but then there's a level where it's too much stimulation and it's distracting us or it's not enough and we kind of zone out. In person, there is a bit more of that background stimulation. You know, I used to be able to work really well sitting in cafes because that background buzz or hum helped me to focus versus sitting in a quiet office. And on virtually, we don't have that. So some of those things you're sharing to bring in that optimal stimulation, I think um, are, are really, really key. And then the other part you mentioned about standing. So I'm sitting right now. And in fact, we're about to move and my plans are to get a standing desk because I notice exactly what you're saying. I'm somebody who gesticulates naturally and my body language feels pretty, I don't think about it. It comes to me naturally. And yet when I'm sitting, that doesn't feel natural and it doesn't come out the same way. And I see what you say about how that impacts your energy and it's a pretty simple shift for people to make right instead of sitting stamp costs no money um and and i think it just comes naturally that yeah yeah but remember this doesn't necessarily mean you should sit or stand for everything because sometimes you don't need to sometimes if it's a call with somebody that you know i'm not a should person i'm a do what works for you person absolutely yeah. agree um but yeah pieces to take away yeah if you're you know, if you're sitting, if you're someone you know and someone that you've in your team and, you know, sitting there and, and sort of leaning over your, your, your desk and, and looking at the camera is, is just as well. If it's something that's high stakes where people are really judging you and making their snap judgments about you from everything, your voice, how, you know, how you're moving, all of these things, if you stand up already, 
there's this sort of subconscious feeling that, okay, this person's ready to present. He or she's got something he wants to share. He wants to, if you, you know, it's, 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 the, it's one of those things similar to something that I was told many, many years ago. If you're going to, if you're selling something to someone, the least you can do is, is wear a shirt. Now, I know somebody, some people will listen to this and think, well, okay, it's, it's quite controversial because of what you wear and you should, you should wear what you feel is natural and that will come through. But at the end of the day, when I heard that, and I, I, I've always remembered that because it's so true, and, and just wearing a shirt, which is, doesn't have to be a great shirt, but it's just a shirt. It's not a T-shirt. A T-shirt is, is for the summer. It's for, you know, it's like something you feel good in. But a shirt is almost like something that you kind of feel good in, but also it kind of shows the other person that, you know, this is trade. Yeah, this is this is this is not it's not something fun. It's something in serious and it's something that you you know, you're respecting the other person by what you're what by what they see. So what you what people see, they will make we go back to it again. What people see, the signals you share through what people see visually, through what they hear vocally. Those two things together and the sounds they hear as well and the movement all make up this picture of how people feel about you. But when you and I could have a great product, I could I could have a great service service that I'm about to share and I want you to buy into. But your your impression of me wearing a football shirt could be all different. It could be nothing at all. You could be thinking, okay, that's fine. He's just wearing that because he's he's relaxed and it's, uh, you know, Tuesday afternoon, it's summer. Why not? That could be that. Or it could be somebody else where everybody that he's bought from, everybody that his experiences of buying, of trade, of of business is usually people who have got at least a shirt on. Not necessarily a suit or looking fabulous with a tie, but at least a shirt. And so he'll connect those two things together. And often if it's out of that, if it's out of that, that zone and it's change, Many people don't like that. Many people are not, many people see that as something not comfortable. So again, in a way, we have to make people feel comfortable. Uh, so I do see what you mean. Uh, I am of the camp though. So I'm, I'm in the camp of, well, A, yoga pants for life, but I have been way before the pandemic. Uh, but um, of the camp of showing up as you are allows you to see who will accept you for who you are and be able to see beyond the shirt and, you know, see your true value. So by the parallel I'm making is my pink hair, which you can't really see today because it's in a ponytail. But when I was doing it, I got lots of feedback on, don't do that. It's not corporate. It's, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I wanted to do it anyhow. And so I did. And what it's actually, um, revealed to me is that it's a really quick way somebody who won't even have a conversation with me because they don't think that I know enough I'm smart enough have the you know um, skill to work with their team because I have pink hair isn't a great fit for me I'm certainly not against wear the shirt I'm also not against don't wear the shirt because I think that when we're trying to fit into something we're not then that can be felt um, so for instance, I'm not a like suit and, you know, I, I, I have worn those things and I don't know if I'll ever go back to blazers post COVID, but I think people can feel if you are wearing things where you feel out of sorts and you're doing it to put on a show, you know, I, I think people could pick up on that. 
Um, but I also agree with what you're saying, which is that there is a societal expectation of how you should look to fit into certain roles. And so I guess I'm sort of also trying to push that narrative a bit. Yeah, I'm with you. I completely understand and get where you're coming from. Think about this. Think about like, um, so again, a conference where you've got like lots of speakers pretty much wearing more or less the same thing, perhaps looking smart, casual, um, people in the audience, pretty much, you know, business-like perhaps or smart, casual, um, and everyone's kind of more or less the, the same. The people that you'll remember, especially speakers, are the speakers that have managed to hit your emotion. Mm, absolutely. So the emotional, so if you, so, so again, a good tip, again, for speakers that are, if there are any speakers listening to this, you're going to stand out, you hit the, if you can focus on the emotional connection that you're going to make with your audience and the people that you speak to, okay, it's a lot, all right, a lot easier if you, when you're on stage and you do it to a lot of people. So let's say, let's say just focusing on, on what you're sharing on the, on the content. By connecting with your audience on that emotional level, this is what your audience will remember. This is, this is the thing that people will feel, they'll feel something from. And this isn't just for conference speakers. This is for podcasts. This is for meetings. You have a, you have a five minute meeting. The things you share in that meeting, even if it's just mundane things that you share every, every morning or every, you know, twice a week or once a month or whatever it is, that five minutes, if you can inject some kind of emotion, an emotion that's going to get them to feel something and feel something, hopefully, that's connected with, with the messages that you're sharing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the biggest takeaway here is is that emotional connection. And I think, you know, through this conversation, you've really pointed out um, or, or whether you said it explicitly or not, the big aha I had through this conversation was that virtual is perhaps bringing out the things that were never working to begin with one on one. And they're amplifying how that was not working because the setting of virtual is making those things stand out more or harder to establish with that emotional connection being a big one, right? If that is something that has been hard for you historically, is hard for you in person, it can be even harder in virtual. And then the other part about making sure the conversation or the even the visual of what you're seeing in terms of body language or hearing with the intonation, or like you said, the whole picture of what you're seeing, um, that there's enough stimulation for the brain. And it strikes me that some of those things came more naturally virtually, uh, sorry, in person. Um, and, and so maybe this is actually an opportunity to really look at where each of us has our own weaknesses in communication, right? And is it that you're not feeling confident and secure when you're showing up, you know, is it that difficulty establishing emotional connection, but where is it that it's breaking down for you in virtual? And then I guess one day when we go back to the in-person world, looking at, did I learn something from that virtual experience that I can now bring back to my in-person exchanges and make those even better, even though I thought those were working you got it you got it you got it so i'm finding you know the, the skills that for example the trainings that i'm sharing with certain companies um like three like three hour trainings over three weeks the skills that we this skill set this 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 virtual presence skill set sort of really 
diving deep into these different elements of voice, of of movement, of, of facial expression. Because remember, facial expression here is more intimate than it is in the real world because we're looking at each other more here. We kind of, you know, face on with each other, face to face, looking at each other. I can, so, you know, you just, if you were to speak, you know, just for six, 30 seconds, I could pretty much, I would take things from what you're saying immediately and feel, and because I, I can see your face, I can, I can see the little micro expressions. I can feel from your voice even more so this is very intimate and i can i can take things from this quicker and see them even more because they're amplified even more here than in the real world right so all these kind of elements if we start to do them well here we can only they can only be of benefit out there out there they can only be of benefit out there in, person, in that other world right? where we see people yeah <laughs> i i know i know over this last year and a half i i i know i i've i'm even a better communicator in person um on stage when i'm hosting an event or a webinar or whatever it is just for one one reason and when I, when i think about the the the, the conciseness keeping things sharper keeping things shorter, grabbing people's attention is more difficult here where we are, me and you, Lindsay, right now, and everyone else listening to the podcast than it is in the real world. So if you can start to do it well or even just focus on it and be more aware of it, you're already moving forward and you're already learning a skill that is twofold. But here, this virtual crazy world we live in, or kind of attached to, and the in-person world when we when we have to do things face to face. So keeping things more concise, not wasting people's time, um, letting people know that you're listening to them, um, showing empathy, really trying to understand how other people are feeling. You know, trying to make that connection. If you try to do it here, it can only be of something of benefit in in the real world. Back in the real world, in person. All right, Peter. So where can people find you if they're interested in really developing those skills, like you said, virtually, but then that they can use them off in person also? Where can they find you to learn more? Um, Lindsay, I think the easiest way is just, you know, pop onto LinkedIn, find me there. Um, lots of things, lots of, if you look at my feed, you can see all the things I've been doing and, and lots of the other companies and teams I've been helping. Lots of advice and, and tips and insights. So ha- go go there reach out to me even if even if you're not going to work with me right now maybe potentially in the future tell me let me know that you listen to this podcast so that i can i can tell lindsay that there's people there is there are a few people that listen to, to this podcast <laughs> um reach out and uh, and let, let's see perhaps potentially where we can collaborate all right so i will get peter's information of course into the show notes and uh, of course thanks for coming on here today peter to have such a great discussion with us thanks so much uh, i hope we can do it again sometime in the future yeah thank you in the real world in the real maybe. world <laughs> yeah and for everyone listening you know i hope this has given you some chance to sort of pause and reflect on where things are going well for you in your virtual communications, where you feel things are breaking down a little bit more, and maybe picking one of the areas that Peter has discussed today to, to work on 
you know, just a little step towards one of the things that he's talked about to help you gradually work on enhancing your virtual communication so that you can build better trust and engagement with the people that you're connecting with to help you stand out more. So I appreciate, as always, you listening. Uh, If you're looking for more information on how to refine your leadership communication skills, you can also check out the new uh, video course that I've recently launched, um, Managing Confrontation and Conflict in the Workplace at lindsaylapaquette.com forward slash conflict. And on that note, I hope that this has helped you take one step closer to becoming the leader everyone wants to follow. We'll see you back again next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Workplace Communication Podcast with Lindsay LaPaquette. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share and also leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. If your organization is looking to invest in elevating team performance by refining leadership communication skills, you can find more information about Lindsay's coaching, speaking, and consulting by visiting lindsaylapaquette.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.